Hey, hey, friends. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Emma. And you're listening to Foyer Chats. Here in the foyer, we talk all things business, lifestyle, and everything in between. Come for the coffee shop style chats. Leave with a fire under your booty to take on all the things. All right, Emma, you ready to dive in? Heck yeah, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Foyer Chats Podcast. I am very pumped today because we have our first guest, kind of. Um, we have the co-host in Flip the Script today. I'm going to interview Emma all about her business and life and how she got to where she is in her business today. So I'm going to let her give a little bit of an intro background of herself and then we'll kind of go from there. Welcome to the pod, Emma. <laughs> I feel so special. Thanks for having me. Is that how I'm supposed to start? <laughs> I think so. Awesome. Sounds right. Yes. Well, I'm excited. This is our first episode episode. So, and it's me. That's kind of fun. All right, cool. Well, let's just jump right into the nitty gritty of everything, how I got started. Um, we mentioned a little bit in the intro episode, but Kelsey and I actually met because we both went to school at Kendall College of Art and Design in Grand Rapids, and we were both going for interior design. So when I was, what age is that, 20-ish, I thought my life was going to be, I was going to work for an interior design firm. And <laughs> as you all know, that is not where we are today. So I went to school at Kendall. I was there for five years. I actually dropped out before my senior year. Kelsey, I don't know if you Oh, know. snap. I think you yeah. told me that once, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, I had about just over a year left, I believe. Um, and I dropped out just because I just really felt like the place that I was going to go was not going to be something that I needed that degree for, if that makes any sense. Wow, how prophetic, like already. Were you kind of mixing that feeling already, but also still like wanting to get a job in design or? I think I've, I think I've always known that I wanted to have my own business of some type. I just didn't know how that was going to happen. And I knew that that wasn't going to be made, or I didn't think it was going to be made any easier by going to school and following the path that was going to Kendall, I guess. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> You've always been a little bit of a rule breaker, too. So I feel this like... Is this is very true. <laughs> From I, what you told me. Yeah, I yeah I did not. I just scraped by graduating high school. I class a lot. I was not the biggest fan of school. So I think it, I had a lot of a stick it to the man kind of attitude also when I left just a little bit. But um, I actually left because I had a full time job in design already when I left. So I was working in office furniture as everyone else in Michigan design world. Um, office furniture around here is huge. So that's what I was in. I was actually in sales and design. So I would work with different companies to set up a design for their office space um, and then I would actually sell the product that went into said space. So that's what I did. I did that for three or four years out of school. Um, and <laughs> at that point, my parents actually adopted a little girl from Ethiopia. She was two years old. 
um, at the time. And that is kind of where everything shifted for me. Um, that's a whole nother story that maybe we need to have a whole nother episode on, but, um, that was not something that my parents planned on doing. And it was definitely a family decision to adopt my sister. And I don't think any of us had any idea how much that was going to completely just change our lives. Um, but for me right away, I was 22, 23, something like that at the time. And I had been, yeah, working in office furniture for three or four years. So when we adopted my sister, um, it was very much a family decision. And my part of that was I was going to be working from home once a week to help my mom out because my mom worked full time. So I was watching my sister every Monday and my boss was great and let me work from home on those days. But honestly, it just made me realize that I didn't want to have type of job where I had to be working every single day, certain hours a day when I had kids. Um, And I think also I wanted to be in control of the stress that I let in my life or yeah, let in my life. Um, And at the time, I guess I was really stressed out with my job and I just felt like I couldn't give as much attention to my sister when I really wanted to. So that kind of started setting in, and I'd say about ooh, like six months later, um, I was actually talking to my aunt, who was a, she's always owned a small business. She has her own storefront, um, and she was talking about how she needed some extra help, and that was at the same time where I was just trying to figure out how to shift and be doing something else, and I was telling her I always wanted to work for myself. didn't know what that was still. I had no idea. Um, and at the same time, she's like, well, why don't you work for me until you figure that out? And the stars kind of just aligned there and I ended up leaving my job. Um, and I worked for my aunt for a while there. I did social media and I did email marketing, um, event coordinating stuff. You name it. I did it for the store. So I did that for a long time. Um, not a long time, about a year and a half only, but then that's when the pandemic hit and um, the store had to shut down for, what was it, three months, something like that. And that's when I just kind of took the reins in my own business and I took it full time. And then it's kind of just progressed from there. So I want to go back to when you actually quit your design job because that had to have been a big mental hurdle, spending all those years in school, society expectations of, you know, having this nice full-time job, probably with benefits and all of that stuff. Like, what was that like for you and you and your husband and, and making that decision? Because I think a lot of times in the entrepreneurial world, we hear about these making the leaps into your own business, but you were, it was different. You were making a leap into a stepping stone kind of too. Yeah, it was it was scary. I'm not going to lie. Like I was jumping down as far as my pay went. It was a complete different shift. I had no idea what I was going to be doing at the time. There was a lot of praying involved and a lot of just thinking through everything, trying to come up with other ways of supplemental income. I did shipped delivery for a while to supplement things. I mean, I did everything. Um, my husband's always been really, really supportive of anything I wanted to do. Uh, so he 
was fully supportive of me doing that and just chasing whatever dream came about. Um, but that actually, my, my actual business that I have right now, Emma Joe and Co did not even begin to get started for about a year after working in the store. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I can kind of dive into that if you want. Yeah, that was my next question. Where did this idea come from? Because it's such a unique business. And especially at the time when I found you, I had never heard of it. Like the concept of having a gift box company. Yeah. So I had been working for my aunt for about a year at that point, And I, I loved working with her. I loved what I was doing, but I just really felt that there was something else I was supposed to be doing. I just felt called to be doing something else. But it's like I had literally zero idea what that was. So I actually went to a coffee shop co-working date with one of my friends um, who is a photographer and a realtor. Uh, and we were just sit- sitting there kind of working on different things. And I just I remember sitting down and writing down absolutely everything I possibly could think of that I was good at <laughs> or anything that I could possibly turn into a business. And I think I actually still have this note in my phone somewhere, but I went through literally any creative thing I could possibly think of. So honestly, I don't even remember what was on that list. But while we were talking about that, um, my friend was kind of talking to me about how she was really struggling with up-leveling her client experience. She wanted a way to thank her couples and the people that were moving into the houses that she was selling. Um and she's just like, I just don't have time to do it all. Like, I, I do these these specific things, and I don't have time to come up with a beautiful gift. And it just costs way too much money, and I just don't have time for that, um, which, Kelsey, I know you understand. <laughs> but she was kind of explaining that all to me. And I, honestly, I was just, I said, well, I can probably do that for you. That kind of sounds like fun. Um, and one thing I should also add is I was seven months pregnant at this time. <laughs> so, oh, slightly but, important note. Just yeah, coming up with a business idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's where it hit me is like, I'm going to have this baby soon here. I want to figure out something like it's It's time to figure this out. Like what, what am I going to be doing? Um, cause I didn't, I didn't want to be working in retail and having to, figure out those hours and everything with my son and I wanted to be able to be home with him also when I could so um yeah anyway so after we got done with that coffee day I went to TJ Maxx and Home Goods and Hobby Lobby and a bunch of different places little local shops and I came up with two gifts for this friend of mine um on the same day on the same day yeah I don't I just was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I mean, at that point, I didn't I didn't have any other responsibilities, so it was great. Um, so, yeah, I did that that day, and I brought them to her the next day, I believe. Um, and when she gave those to her clients, she shared that on social media. And then one of her followers, friends, someone reached out to me and asked if I did that and if I could do more of that. And I said, sure. <laughs> acting like it's something that I've been doing already. Um, and I did from that person. And then honestly, that's truly how it got started. And I then came up with a whole business plan about it. I put a website together. I had it all set right before I had my son and here we are. (laughs) And he's a year and a half now. So yeah, pretty crazy. 
it's just cool how when you when it's the right thing things just click and you get those referrals and that's just such a testament to that and to like this is what you're supposed to be doing right now so yeah I I felt that so much when I was doing it just because I've always had a heart for small businesses that's everyone in my family owns a small business or is a part of a small business and um so I think what I is what really draws me to what I do is that I get to not only support small businesses by buying all their product to put in gifts but I also get to support other small businesses who need help doing their client gifting so I I only work with small businesses and it's just, it's been a really, really cool experience. Wow. I love it. Okay. I've got lots of questions. So let's get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty business side, but I'm curious, what is your favorite part about actually running the business? Is that something you ought like immediately gravitated towards? Was that intimidating to you as you started kind of, bring us into your headspace towards the beginning and then now. I was so excited about the business sides of things from the beginning. Um, I think from how whatever age, I always wanted to have my own business, had no idea what it was. So I kind of had a business mentality going into anything I was doing. So when I had full control of it and I actually had something that I knew was working, jumping into all of the analytics side of things was really exciting. Um, I think most people automatically assume that my favorite part is creating these beautiful gifts, which is super fun. It is. I get to pick out all of these beautiful packages or packaging items. I get to work with said small businesses. I get to do all the pretty stuff, but I just thrive, honestly, on the other side of it, (laughs) which maybe is surprising to people. I don't know. I think it's cool because it merges the two. It allows you to have that creative outlet when you need that. And you're probably able to shut down that crazy business side for a minute and give it a rest. And then you get to flip back in. You know, that's the beauty for a lot of creative business, creative entrepreneurs that are listening in their businesses is we get both of that. It's not all spreadsheets and numbers. We get that creative side too. And I think probably if it, if I were to pick my absolute favorite part about it, it is designing the gifts, like doing the mock-ups for clients when I do it. That's probably my favorite part, but I'm definitely not always in the headspace to do that. You have to be in a creative headspace to do that kind of work. But when I'm in the groove and I'm doing it, that's my that's my favorite part. How does that work? I, it's something I think we've talked about um, off of this before, but how do you get everything you need to be done, but exactly what you just said. You're not always in that creative headspace. Do you kind of give yourself specific days or is it kind of a go with the flow thing? Well, it's been, it's taken a lot of learning how I work, but I will give a testament to working with my hormones as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but just knowing like where, how I'm going to be feeling at different times of the month has really changed things for me. Like I know a certain time in the month of the month, you know, when I'm not pregnant, um, that uh, I'm just really in a creative headspace zone. And then I know other times when I'm going to be more wanting to go over the numbers and be more shut down and be more just um, analyzing everything. So I really try to use that to my advantage. 
Um, but honestly, that's something I'm still trying to figure out is just systems of all that, how that works. Um, things have grown quite a bit in the last six months for me, so it's been a whole new ball game lately. I feel that. Yeah. Okay. On the topic of knowing yourself, like you just discussed, if our listeners are anything like us, we love the Enneagram. Can you tell us what your Enneagram number is and if or how that maybe plays into you as a business owner? I am an Enneagram 8, wing 7. Um, yeah, it definitely plays into Which I used to be scared of 8s before I knew you. Just a disclaimer. Well, I think that that's a real thing and that's something that I actually have to be mindful of because I know that um, – I think that I can come off intimidating or that I'm being mean. So I have to be really careful about that when I'm working with people to (laughs) be mindful of it. Give a quick, we won't go super deep into what the numbers are if you don't know, but give a quick recap for people who don't know what an eight is and then jump into how it affects you or in your business. I haven't looked at this in a long time. Um, Enneagram eights are very blunt, straightforward. They tell you how it is. Um, Leader, strong leader. Strong leader, um, pretty rebellious, I would say. I don't necessarily, I'm, Kelsey said that earlier, I'm kind of a rule breaker to an extent. Um, but one thing that people, yeah, get scared of is that it's more it's more intimidating because of being straightforward. I, if I have an issue with something, usually I bring that up right away and I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid of confrontation. Um, but the other side of that is I am super emotional too, so there's both sides of that so I can be super super aggressive not aggressive um but yeah I guess aggressive towards some things but I'm also really a softie when it comes down to it so does that kind of tell it a little bit yeah I'm gonna just speak for you a minute because I've seen from the outside that go-getterness and like aggression sounds like a negative word but even when you're saying in your story earlier how you had the coffee shop meet idea of starting Emma Jo and Co. And that same day you went and bought the things like I would have, I'm a three, I would have had to process that, make sure that was the most, you know, correct thing I could be doing to set myself up. And you're just like, no, this is my idea. I'm going for it. I'm doing it. We're doing it now. And that I've seen follow through the thread of your story. And even in the foyer and this podcast coming about, um, you're, yeah, just the motivation and if I'm passionate about it. If I'm not, then it might fall off. I have to be passionate about it. <laughs> exactly. No, that's cool. I always love talking Enneagram stuff in, in businesses. I think as entrepreneurs, we have there's specific numbers, handle things different ways and all of that. So I honestly want to explore it a little bit more just to, I was for a while there during the pandemic, I feel like we all researched random stuff and Enneagram was one that I looked into a lot more, but um, I need to get back into that a little bit and figure out more business tactical stuff to be using. So, um, Okay, I'm going to turn us back around to your specific business and I want to know, like, how do you decide what products and vendors to work with and and how does that relationship work? Because from an outsider, that whole like wholesaling thing, that would be intimidating to me. <laughs> so I'm curious what your thought process is. And- My favorite way to do it is if I already know the person or if I get recommended to a certain product slash business. Um, I love to actually get to know the people behind whatever product it is. 
So I really prefer to work with businesses that are not super huge. Like I might be in contact with the actual owner slash maker, the person that's actually making it happen. I love to be in contact with them. So I think that would be my first choice in just hearing from, like I carry a lot of Grand Rapids products just because I'm from Grand Rapids and it's been really fun to actually, you know, several of them I've gotten coffee with and met up with. Um, and that's what I love. But um, another part about our business that I think sets us apart from other gifting companies um, is that I, when I work with clients outside of Michigan, when it's from anywhere else, I also try to find product from your local area. So if you're from North Carolina, Charlotte area, then I'm going to look for product that is right from your area. And it might be something that truly is right down the street from you. Um, I try to make a point of finding product that are local to whatever business I'm working with. Um, and there's a lot of ways to do that. I think, you know, the longer I'm in business, the easier it is for me to do because I have a library of resources from it. But there's actually websites that you can go to to purchase wholesale where you can type in candle, Charlotte, North Carolina, and it'll come up with a bunch of different companies and a bunch of different products. But aesthetics, honestly, is also super important. We try to make all of our gifts be a continuation of your brand and services. So I really wanted to speak of your brand, of your colors, of whatever it is. Packaging and aesthetics is super important. That makes a lot of sense. And I get to reap the rewards of your great product curation. <laughs> I, my clients. I've kept a couple of my things for myself here and there. But <laughs> um, I'm wondering, too, what's something that was intimidating starting out that either turned out to be, yeah, that was hard, or now you're on the other side of it rolling a couple years in? I think the first initial thing that freaked me out was that I was very pregnant and about to have a baby. So just figuring out work-life balance of that. Um, and I also knew that I wanted to, yes, be at home with my son quite a bit, but I also knew that I wanted to be a working mom too. I think that it's so important for moms to really worry about themselves a lot, maybe prior to their kids. I don't know how that sounds, but um, because you can't, you can't be the mom you want to be without taking care of yourself first. So that's something that I've always really tried to focus on. It hasn't been as hard as I thought it would be. Honestly, I think it pushes me to follow those dreams and goals that I have even more just so that I can show my kids that this is a possibility. I think it's actually a huge driving force behind my business now. I would say another intimidating thing was just finding clients and actually making this work. Like, how am I going to actually make money? And that's something that I've really tried to keep just my hands open. When I started this business, I thought it was going to be, you know, your sister's baby shower gift. You have a friend that has a new house and you're going to gift for them. And it's really, really shifted. I do very little of that now. And it's primarily client gifting for different companies and small businesses now. That's just been something where I just try to go with whatever's working at the time. So I'm sure that'll shift over the years. You don't necessarily niche by saying, I don't do this, I don't do that. But when you've kind of gotten into further further into those niches with entrepreneurs, have you seen it take off from there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, when we started doing clubhouse chats, I all of a sudden was in this whole world of photographers. So I work with a lot of different photographers now. And I could really, really dive into that. Um, something that I am finally getting done is I'm going to have a collection that's specific for photographers on my website where there's 
three different options for you if you're not ready to dive into custom gifting. Um, so that's an example of something where I completely did not know that that's where my business was going to head, but it started doing that. So I just leaned into that and just went for it. I think that's a huge advice to people starting out because we know the power and everybody talks about the power of niching down and that is important, but you have to listen to your audience and listen to the market and adapt. And as long as that's authentic and, you know, exciting to you and, you know, just kind of along for the ride, that open hands thing that you said is so powerful. And I think that's amazing advice to give to anybody that's just starting out. Well, and like I said, like this is this is not the direction I thought my business was going to go at all. And in the beginning, too, you know, right when the pandemic hit, that was also a big shift for my business because everyone had to order things online. So like my Mother's Day sales last year were through the roof. Well, this year they weren't really because people were excited to go to stores and pick things out for themselves. So it was just different. And it's just there's, I think there's so many different ebbs and flows to especially product-based businesses. You've got to be able to let things change and not be stuck with something because you never know where it's going to go. Housing market's crazy. I do a ton of closing gifts right now. Like it's just whatever's kind of going on in the world, I feel like for me is where I have to lean into. Okay. What is something that you've learned in the last couple months that stands out to you business-wise? I need to have better systems with how I keep track of everything. I have not, <laughs> I, I have a, like a fairly good system-ish, but it's just, I know that it could be cut in half with how much time, energy, everything that it's going to take. So that's, I guess, something that I'm in the process of learning. But I would say something that I've learned and has been working moving forward is that leaning into different things because everything's completely shifted in the last six months for me because I have let it shift. I mean, honestly, other things that I've learned are like shipping during a pandemic is not easy. So Christmas this last year was insane. I was on the day before Christmas Eve, I was up till like 2 a.m. finishing up an order because it didn't come in when it said it was going to because it was back ordered. So just learning how to plan for the unexpected, um, which you can't always do, but as much as you can. <laughs> okay. I think we got through the bulk of my main questions and something we're going to do on this episode or on this podcast is have some rapid fire questions at the end of every episode. So Emma, you get to be our guinea pig. <laughs> I see her on video. She's, her skin is crawling. So, all right. Are you ready? I'm going to ask a question and you kind of first thing that comes to mind, just a quick answer and we can elaborate at the end if there's anything that comes up. Sound good? Yep. Okay. What is your favorite business software? Canva. That's not really business software, is it? But Canva's amazing. Sure. That counts. Um, how many sticky notes are on your desk or within view? I know that you're a sticky note person, but I'm really not. I'm like a 500 notebook person. So I think I have like only three sticky notes on my desk right now. Okay. That tells a lot. I have a stack of literally six notebooks. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's probably a little more organized than my sticky notes. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you could fly anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? I want to go back to Italy so bad. I lived in Italy for six weeks in college and... 
I've always wanted to go back and even more so after this last year I just want to leave what part I want to go to the Mulfi Coast because that's where I had planned to go when I was on my study abroad trip and then you know 20 year old me ran out of money so I couldn't go (laughs) that's where (laughs) my dream place to go is I told my husband that that needs to happen before our 10 year anniversary so we got to get going there you go setting them goals um how many unread emails are in your inbox currently Mm. (laughs) i think 42 i'm pretty good at closing out my inbox it drives me a little bit nuts but i think the emails that i have right now are from a couple email uh lists that i'm on and i want to go back and read them but Mm -hmm. so now i have 30 of them (laughs) that I will never get to. No, I know. It's a struggle. We need to talk email inbox organization at some other point. That's for sure. (laughs) I need help. (laughs) Uh, How many beverages are out or typically out at your desk at a normal work day? For sure three. Typically, I have my water bottle. I have my cup of coffee that is probably cold and then some other type of beverage preferably like a matcha latte but you go can't do it i love it you survived that's all i got on rapid fire not too bad huh that was a bad okay good um i have one final question unless there's anything that we didn't hit that you wanted to talk about i think we're good we went through a lot of things good i'm excited about what you shared so i want to know what you are most excited about coming up in your business could be the next year, five years. I think this next year is going to be a big game changer for me. It has a lot to do with my husband actually just left his corporate gig also. So we were both self-employed in another Enneagram 8 thing is just kind of being competitive and taking values that are under your beauty and running with them. So um, I think that's really pushed me to work under pressure, which is what I love. So I'm really excited to just see where things go. And as I've been leaning into these more specific um, business models or business types, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see where it goes. And nervous with having a newborn. We'll see. (laughs) I was going to say, that's definitely a big thing in the next year. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to – you started a business when you had your first baby. Who knows what you're going to do when you have your second? Well, apparently I'm going to start a podcast, so – Yeah, here we are. (laughs) Wait, we did start another business. (laughs) Well, I want you to plug yourself a little bit. Tell people where they can find you personally and what you got going on. Yeah, um, I definitely hang out on the gram more than anything else. You can find me at Emma, Joe, and Company. Um, You could also find me via the foyer if you're following us already. It's in our bio. I share so many different things on there. I love to show previous client gifts, different products that I carry, all the good stuff like that. My website is being revamped right now, so I will have a new email list for all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm coming out with specific packages for photographers right now, but I am taking all sorts of new custom client orders right now. So hit me up if you need some help with client gifts. I think that's all I got. Well... You killed it as being a guest. How did it feel to be the first guest of Foyer Chats podcast? 
It's good. It kind of, it, you know, I mean, I can see you on video. So it's like, we're just talking about this anyways. I kind of love it. It was fun for me to hear your full story. I mean, I've gotten, of course, bits and pieces and I've known you along the way, but to hear it all shown together is just really cool how you've grown and evolved and jumped on opportunities and, and all of that. I think it will be really inspiring for people. So so make sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss out on any episodes. We'll be here every Tuesday. And I think the next one, we're flipping roles and I'll be in the hot seat. Yes, we are. All right. Have a good one, guys.